This is the Power of Genetics podcast, the podcast designed to help visionary practitioners build a more successful practice, transform more lives, and lead their patients into the future of personalized health. In each episode, I'll interview successful practitioners and leading thought leaders who will share their insights and expertise to help you prepare your practice for what lies ahead. I'm your host, Dr. Yael Jaffe, and now let's get into today's episode. Welcome, welcome, Dr. Christy Hughes. It has taken me one and a half seasons of The Power of Genetics to get you on this podcast, but I have no doubt that it is worth the wait. Welcome, Christy. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. I love my conversations with you. I always walk away learning something about myself as well as something important I can use in my practice. Well, I think today is going to be a little bit different. So I'm not the educator today. It's all about you. So um, <laughs> I know I, I like it's usually you introducing me, but today it's, it's all about you. I don't talk about myself at all. So Christy, what we're doing in the power of genetics is we're really wanting to understand the changes that we're seeing in healthcare. And what my experience has been over the last couple of decades is there've been so many extraordinary individuals who walking their own journey, be it their own health journey, education, teaching, uh, as a practitioner, are having an impact, not just on individuals, but on whole communities and changing paradigms. And you are definitely one of those people. So you're not only a friend, but you're someone that I have respected and looked up to for so long for the extraordinary way that you are always pushing the the boundaries of how we think about health. So before we dive into what you're doing now, which is really incredible, and I want to talk about it, you and I really connected through IFM. That's when our relationship started. And I think... It was, was it in South Africa where you came out to do AMCP? Was was that where we met? Um, what was amazing is at IFM, I was hired at IFM and I took a position in their medical education and I was put in charge of the nutrition advisory board. And it was awesome. It was like learning how to herd cats in the functional nutrition universe because we had PhDs, we had, you know, primary care physicians with nutrition background. We had incredibly, we had, you know, CCNs, we had CNS qualified, we had nutrition professionals who came down the RD path. We had PhDs. Like it was an amazing experience to bring this group together. That was about a dozen of the game changers, like the real agents of change that we were seeing at play, you know, in the 2000s. And so I learned about you through this amazing group of the who's who in the entire functional nutrition world. And I kept hearing your name, Yale, 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 forever. I kept hearing your name in every focus group and every team meeting that I ever ran. And what was really exciting is um, we at one point at IFM in those early years received a quarter million dollar grant opportunity to build out functional nutrition content at IFM to specifically teach medical practitioners and medical teams how to integrate nutrition. And that's where we wrote you into the script. (laughs) And that's where we wrote you you into faculty. And that was the beginning of where you and I started. Yeah. And when was that? I mean, I was trying to work out. I mean, it was a long time ago. I'm um, thinking 2013, 14-ish. 
yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And that, that was a while ago. I actually think it might have been before that. But it's funny when you say that because I was like, I kind of felt like no one had heard my name at that stage. And now it's got a little bit better. But uh, Oh, no, but, we were there. <laughs> I was there. Okay, well, it, that, that's fantastic. So we got to work together at IFM. You were... You were really heading up education and you were building up these amazing programs, traveling all over. I mean, you were always on an airplane. In fact, I remember when I came to, to visit you in Minnesota, we met at the airport. Yes. like Because I had to catch you for a couple of days. It was like between flights. And so that's when I came into your universe was really when you were spreading the word of, of functional, functional medicine, functional nutrition. But what I want to do is I want to go back further because no one starts at IFM faculty. Like you don't start by being the head of like education, medical director of education for IFM, right? It takes a little bit of work to get there. And we have spoken about many things, but I realized today that actually I don't know how you landed up where you were when I met you. So what a beautiful opportunity for you to take me back and say like, I know I've met your, I've met your parents right. and I know the inspiration of health and wellness and wholesomeness and living in nature. So that I get, but tell us about your journey for how you got to where you got. Oh my gosh. What a great question. Um, I, as you did say, I was raised like in the elements, which I love, you know, I still love. And so I like to spend a lot of time in the woods. I like to touch dirt, you know, I like to be grounded, connect to the seasons. And, um, you know, we were raised as very nature oriented and very healthy. You know, it's kind of like my grandma was in that whole Adele Davis era. And, you know, there was like Shackley vitamins all over and you'd walk through the kitchen and my grandma's popping vitamin E in your mouth, you know, and it was like, it was my, my upbringing, you know, was sort of this radical mom and grandma who were like doing things natural, right? Because it was this era where, you know, women were being discouraged from breastfeeding, right? And there's like this- Margarine. Movement, it, was, right? it was the margarine era. Exactly, right? And my grandma yeah. was this amazing chef, uh, baker. And so her house would be filled with cookies and the sweetest of everything, but she would always try to find a way to do it natural. So I did grow up in the Crisco era, you know? And so, you know, my, my childhood, you know, was this huge amount of natural influence and activity, movement, um, being respectful of your family history. My grandfather, um, who his lineage, interestingly, founded um, a whole portion of the Midwest in Minnesota. They relocated from Germany. And so my people, um, up my family line, five grandmas, my great, 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 great grandma, Wilhelmina Alvin. She came from Ulm, Germany, and she rode in a boat all the way across the ocean, landed, and then rode in a covered wagon all the way across the United States to Minnesota, including through the beginning of the winter. And when she arrived within days in the snow, in a cave, gave birth to the first non-Native American indigenous Sioux Indian in the entire region, very first white kid ever born in this area of Minnesota. So my people, uh, my people truly wow. founded this part of the United States. And so we're pioneers. We're, uh, I think, hardy people. We explore. We're entrepreneurs. My grandfather had the first electrical store, the first TV, the first washing machine. Like the people I grew up under are innovators. Right. And Amazing. always excited about technology and ways that you could stay connected to this world. And so the mindset I grew up in, you know, was nature orientation, but like what's going on and like what is the news to use? Right. So I loved my childhood, had a fabulous upbringing. 
I knew I wanted to end in healthcare somewhere, and I was kind of struggling trying to find that right space. I had two uncles, uh, great uncles who were physicians, who basically talked me out of going into conventional medical school. Literally, were like, no, you don't want to do that. And um, I was really struggling because my mom had taken us to the chiropractor. We did a lot of natural things. You know, we'd get our ears drained. You know, we'd get our lymph glands drained before antibiotics, right? Or we'd get our, our cranials adjusted before antibiotics, you know? And so it wasn't that we didn't use conventional healthcare. We definitely did. Um, but my mom was always, okay, well, what can we do at home first? Is there something that we could do to change the pattern, right? Mm -hmm. So the mindset, right, was kind of root cause. Did we do something that we could change? Is there a behavior that we should be mindful of? And then could we do structural care? My mom was really into integrating structural medicine. And so that was a very nice mindset, you know, kind of to spring into decision-making about what kind of career do I want to have? So I did go through an era where I really struggled with body composition, um, my own body issues. I kind of went through this era, maybe like five, six years, where I dealt with a lot of eating disorder challenges that a lot of women do. And so I'd say from my late teens to probably about 23, 24, I'd say those were my nutrition awakening years because I feel like I sort of went through the dark side of my soul in that era and had to really figure out what was important to me. And what was the difference between feminine body image and what did it really mean to feel healthy? You know, and what did it mean to feel strong, right? And so in that self journey, that's where I found nutrition. And I really started to find this relationship with food and understanding there's sort of this art and science to eating, right? Because we can learn all this about the science of what to eat and why to eat it and what are the healthy characteristics and when should I eat it and what should I combine it with? And then when you like juxtapose that with mental, emotional challenges and self-aware issues and, you know, like you can have all the knowledge in the world and that doesn't mean you're going to be able to implement it successfully. Right. And I think that was the phase for me where I learned about the power of mind body. And I learned that there's an art and a science that I want to study, you know, and, and I was first highly attracted to the science. And so I originally started going down a path to become a chiropractor because where I lived in Minnesota, there were no naturopaths. There really wasn't much of a movement for nurse practitioners or PAs yet at that time. And I knew that I wanted to do natural health care and I wanted to do family practice, um, but I didn't want to be pushing drugs all the time. It wasn't that there wasn't a role for them. That just wasn't how I wanted to spend my day. Mm. Right? So I ended up applying and getting in to the Western States Chiropractic College uh, out in Portland, Oregon. And at that time, they were really focused on chiropractic care. They have since morphed and expanded. And ironically, 30 years later, I got to help work with supporting the facilitation of their new master's course Brilliant. in nutrition, right? Brilliant. And so, Full circle. It's a total 30 years. Yeah. Such a cool experience for me. And so I started in Portland on that campus. And um, when I showed up in Portland, man, that just opened my mind to new ideas and new concepts and healthier ways of living. I fell in love with the Northwest, mm -hmm. everything from Portland on all the way up to the Canadian border, oh, from the mountains to the ocean, the people, the mindset, you know, it was just a wonderful six, seven years that I, I was there. And while I was there, I kept hearing about functional medicine. And I kept hearing about this guy named Jeff Bland. And I kept hearing about this thing called naturopathic medicine, which I had never heard of before. And then I realized my school was two miles away from this naturopathic medical school, which I didn't even know what that was. And so people just kept saying, you know, Christy, 
I kind of feel like you're a naturopath, you know, just the more I get to know you. And I just kept thinking, what are you talking about? Like, I didn't even know what they were talking about. And so I, I, you know, when enough people say something to you, you should listen, right? So I had it, pay attention. So I headed over to the college, um, totally fell in love with this curriculum. I couldn't even believe what I was looking at. I thought I'm getting trained to go to medical school so I can learn how to implement food, nutrition, I can be mindful of structural care, but I can learn about herbal medicine and I can learn labs. I can learn physical exam. I can learn diagnostics. I mean, it was like a dream come true. I thought, how did I not know? You know, (laughs) like, how did I? Well, I didn't know. Like, at least you found it. I was looking for what you found. I never found it. So I landed up being a dietitian. But everything you describe is what I was looking for. It just it was amazing, right? Because it was like, how is this hidden here, right? And and as I got enrolled in the, I transferred to the naturopathic school, had just a wonderful experience there, and kept hearing more about functional medicine. So I graduated in '97. I went straight back to Minnesota because there were only six licensable. I use that word because the the times have changed with licensing. Yeah, we only had six actual licensable naturopaths practicing in Minnesota. So I gave myself six months. I said, you know what? I'm going to go home. I'm going to do it there because there was already like 400 naturopaths in Oregon. I'm like, I'm going to try it. And if nobody gets what I do, I'm just going to pack up again. And I'm just going to roll to the East Coast and go to Vermont because definitely people will get it in Vermont. In Vermont, Right. So I had a plan A and a plan B. Right. And I got so busy within six weeks that my practice was completely full and there were weeks in those first three to four years of practice where I was in the clinic 80 hours a week, like actively wow. seeing patients 12, 14 hours a day. It was a wild experience. Like people were literally coming out of the woods and I had no idea that the desire for root cause care and self-driven so natural medicine was even there, you know, it was so cool. So that's 97. Now, again, my functional medicine journey, I keep hearing about functional medicine. Jeff Bland comes to Minneapolis. He lectures for a company called Nutridyne. So I go down and see this lecture (laughs) and I'm loving it, right? They're like bringing these amazing speakers into Minneapolis and I'm in the audience and loving it. And um, in 97, 99, um, they did a whole promo about this new institute called the Institute for Functional Medicine, co-founded by Dr. Jeffrey Bland and David Jones. And it was this amazing roadshow that was going around the United States talking Mm -hmm. about this like orthomolecular medicine and personalized care, right? And, And this concept of the web, the web of functional medicine. And I was so intrigued. So at that time, they only had had a couple of the annual conferences. And AFNCP was just being born, which is amazing. And so I signed up for an annual conference, went to that, loved it, signed up for an AFMCP. So flew out, um, started on my journey at IFM and took AFMCP in 2000. Wow. You were a pioneer. I was a pioneer. Right. Wow, that's an amazing era. So that was a neat experience. So I'm like 27 years old, fresh out of med school. I'm a naturopath, and I'm sitting in this room with 70 physicians and practitioners from literally all around the world. There were translators in the back with the teams that had come over. I mean, it was such an amazing experience. And I'm sitting between, I still can crystal clear remember this. I'm sitting in between a gastroenterologist and a rheumatologist who are probably in their mid sixties. 
at the end of kind of their career and they're kind of checking out this functional medicine thing because it seemed like it was interesting and, you know, weren't really sure if they were going to change their practice, but wow, this is kind of an interesting way to get some new continuing ed credits. So we sit down and this program's going to start and I look at the rheumatologist and I say, gosh, this is going to be such an amazing week for you, isn't it? You're going to find out that when all these patients are coming in with arthrosis and joint pains, you're going to be referring them to the gastroenterologist because joint pain comes from the gut. Right? So he, was, he looked at me like, you whack job. Like his face is still priceless. He was just like, had oh, love it. no idea what I just said, right? One of the funniest weeks of my life, right? And so as this week goes by, every day they're having these epiphanies, right? And they're just like, what? How can that be? You know? And so it was like watching the birth, right? All around you of this mm. new mindset. And each day, less ego, more open, more excited, deeper questions, less guarded. It didn't matter what your specialty was. And it was so amazing mm. to watch from like Monday through Friday, right? Like this softening of the soul. Right. And what I kept seeing with AFMCP, because I would go back every couple of years and do it again, because that was all we had at that point. There were no other yeah, classes. Yeah. Right. And anything new, right, in immunology would be updated in the immunology mm -hmm. lecture. Anything new in cardiometabolic, you know, would show up there. And so I would go back and sit through that whole thing again every few years because there were always new teachers and there was always mm -hmm. new information. But the process, right, of watching physicians go through this, like reconnecting with why they went into medicine, right? It's like by the end of the week, they were feeling that missing out on the art of medicine, feeling better about the science, but recognizing, you know, just being an advice giver and telling people what to do all the time, that's not transforming somebody's life. That's not bringing forth healthcare. It's modulating disease or mitigating risks, you know, et cetera. And so like that was intriguing to me, right? Because I loved watching these individuals who've been in practice for 30, 40 years, right? Who were going through this epiphany and this reawakening and they would apply it to themselves first. They would bring functional medicine into their home first, right? They would help their people. And then slowly they would figure out a way to roll out little things in their private practices only when what they were doing didn't work. Right. And so how incredible to watch year after year, practitioners flocking to functional medicine because of either their own health or watching a very close family member or a patient that they've known for forever could not help, could not help and finally responded to functional medicine. Right. It was real people that moved them, real stories, real cases where the other system or mindset approach didn't work. Right. And so there's this passion, this excitement and this little glimmer of hope right at the beginning of an AFMCP week. And by the end of it, you see these practitioners assume a whole new space of bravery, understanding, loaded with the science, respectful of the art. Right. And really starting to kind of put new pieces together. So my functional medicine journey was a blast. So I went to AFMCP every couple of years. I went to as many IFMs as I could. And I met yeah. Jeff Hand. I met Dr. Bland at my first AFMCP. And I remember us sitting in the back of this, this teaching room. Um, the room was cleared out. I don't know what we were doing. Um, sitting in the back of the teaching room. I think it had to be like the Thursday night. And I was describing for him this wild, weird clinical experience that had just happened to me where there was a huge, massive flood in northern Minnesota and North Dakota that wiped out a huge part of the town. 
And I was still back in medical school watching on television from Portland, Oregon, the town of Fargo, North Dakota and Grand Forks and these responding areas flooded underwater and the water was on fire from all the fuel oil that had been dumped into the, the river that had risen from all this massive flooding. And so what was interesting is those homes became moldy. Mm. The people became allergenic. They got sick in their homes. They got sick from foods. And there were so many patients pouring out of these communities to come see me that they finally talked me into getting in my car and driving all the way up to North Dakota to give lectures and massive, I can't even remember. I have forgotten about this for like years, Yale. I would teach these poop groups where I would go up, we would rent a huge teaching room in the hotel. This is like 99 and 2000. And I would have one point, I had 60 people in that class and everybody did a stool culture from Genova. Everybody sent off their labs and everybody came back and I translated and taught everybody how to clean up their gut. And I Amazing. was having such a weird experience. So I remember sharing this with Jeff Bland because I got like a hundred test results back within a couple months, which was really cool, right? In clinical yeah, practice. That is amazing. You know, what blew me away is I would also have people do symptom questionnaires and only 50% of those people with really messed up guts had GI symptoms. Mm. Like for me, that was my big take at home, right? They had fatigue brain fog, other stuff. Yeah. Not gut stuff. Yeah. So that yeah. was like a new relationship for me with the gut. <laughs> right. So I was telling okay. Dr. Bland about this and I'm saying, look, this is this experience I've been through. Um, all these people with fibromyalgia, if I'm treating their gut, all their aches and pains are going away, you know, and these people didn't have this disorder before the flood, you know, and I would do case study after case study. And then they would say before the flood, you know, and I was just like, wow, right? Like before the flood. So then I would just lead the conversation. Tell me how you felt before the flood, you know, to the new patient. What happened after the flood? All right. So I'm telling Jeff Bland about this. And he says to me, do you think you could write a seminar on that? And I was like, what? Here I am, like 27 years old. I never a thing, right? And I'm looking at him. He's like, that's a great story. Let's teach that. And, and just left field, right? My first day of MCP and it's Dr. Bland. And I'm a tiny little pup, right? I'm 27, right? Two years in clinical practice, right? And I look at him and I said, sure, why not? <laughs> and I'm like, because it's you. Yeah. And it's him, right? And I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah, I could do that. I never did that before. That began my career at Metagenics. And so Dr. Bland brought me on year after year after year for about 11 years in a row. And they would have me do an annual seminar. And so each year I would get to work on a topic I was excited about. I taught about childhood obesity and kids with allergies and men's hormones and women's hormones. And every year I got to talk about a different story. I loved it. So traveling all over the world, um, um, you know, getting to do some internationals with them, getting to meet people and a lot of travel in the U.S. and Canada. <laughs> I jokingly tell my children, my, well, my oldest, she's 17. She has been on 460 flights so far. They've been everywhere. So we had the, the metagenics era. And um, then what came is the first line therapy era. And at that point, I was brought onto mm -hmm. a teaching team. And first line therapy was born the year my daughter Amaya was born because she was three weeks old. And we were on the first airplane off to teach the first first line therapy, which means it's the end of June in 2004. <laughs> so Amaya- I, I remember you traveling with your baby and your mother 
and always. you used to come to the conferences with your yep. baby and your mom and you like I, I I'll never forget that uh, for eight years in a row are you kidding mm-hmm. I was either pregnant or nursing pregnant or nursing yeah. right and so my kids saw the world and I really, uh, I was the mom on the go and I loved every minute of it. You know, it was wonderful. I got to continue to grow my relationships. I was educated everywhere I was going. Uh, my kids were worldly and it was a, a beautiful experience for my mom and I uh, to get to see so many continents together and go on so many amazing trips. So those years were amazing. Uh, first line therapy was transformative because that was when we first started to teach collaborative care programs. And so first line therapy was a flip away from kind of nuts and bolts of science and clinical applications, right? Two, let's talk about how to run your office efficiently and how can you help people transform their behavior? And what was really cool about first line therapy, Lyra Heller was truly one of the primary innovators behind this movement. You know, Lyra was so passionate about the art of connection, the art of communication, the necessity for rapport building, that if you're going to ask people to eat different, If you're going to motivate them to get off the couch and inspire them to move, right? If you're going to try to tackle some of their struggles and relationships, you've got to have a strong relationship between the coach, the practitioner, and the patient. And so that was the beginning of the coaching era as well. And so there was training programs, right, that started to be to be born in that era. And so this is now going back to 2004. Um, I look at the irony, the amazingness that then, okay, so in 2014, 10 years later, is the birth of the Functional Medicine Coaching Academy, where I had the opportunity to be the IFM liaison, help support the development of all the functional medicine and nutrition tools in the Coaching Academy curriculum. Yeah. Right. And be a founding advisor, be on the faculty myself and help figure out who is going to be on that program. Right. And now those coaches are recognized internationally all around the world. They're sought after. Right. And they they um, sit for the highest credentialing and coaching that you can accomplish. So that era. Right. That's 17 years ago. You know that those education opportunities started to grow. So for me, I'd say my deep passion in medicine has been root cause care, because if I look at the common denominator, underlying functional medicine, naturopathic medicine, integrative medicine, right? When you kind of look at this whole collaborative group, complementary CAM care, right? And you go underneath it, all of those thematically are tied together and tethered by the approach that the goal is to seek root cause care, right? To really identify what's unique to that person. And so my attractions have always been in these areas of root cause. And so um, I finally made a huge leap uh, about five years ago. I left IFM and it was a huge transition. And that interestingly was sparked by the loss of my brother. And so, you know, like you just said, I'm like on the road all the time, flying all over the world. My favorite people are every city I land in, you know, like it was a fantastic era, you know, that went solid for like 15 years. And then I lost my little brother to suicide on the night of Valentine's Day. And it's coming up on his six-year anniversary. And like the moment, like the moment that I heard that he was gone, it was honestly like my soul pivoted and I did like the deepest soul shift I could ever account for. And I remembered the very last words that my brother had said to me just previously at, at our big Christmas kind of family hangout. And he looked me deep in the eyes and he looked at me and he said, Chris, which that's what he would call me. Nobody else calls me. Yeah. When he's super serious, he'd look me in the eye. Chris, how long do you think you can keep doing this? And I totally refused to acknowledge the question. 
I blew it off on the big sister. You don't get yeah. asked those kind of questions, but I knew what he yeah. meant. And I knew that what he meant was I was not in the right relationship. I was not modeling and living the life of motherhood that I really knew I stood for. Um, and there was these core incongruencies between who I was that he knew and, and what I was allowing to happen Living. in my life. Yeah. So that was a spark. There's no other word. It was the biggest spark in the universe. It hit me in a second and I knew I got to change. I mean, yeah. and they always say with grief, you should not make major changes in the first year, right? <laughs> but I did. Well, <laughs> but did. you did because it's very noticeable to all of us. You know, first of all, you went very quiet. So we were like, where's Christy gone? Well, that happens then. And and then you when you came back, you were having a completely different conversation. I mean, there wasn't that frenetic, like superwoman covered 20 cities in 20 days stuff. And your conversation changed completely around self-care, connection. I mean, it was very marked to all of us on the outside that's something really fundamental had shifted for you. Yeah. It was like the deepest level of healing. It was a gift, you know, in hindsight, boy, that experience as hard as it has been, you know, for all of us um, in our family, it, it gave, he gave me my life back the night he, he took his life. He gave me my life back and he empowered me in an entirely different way, you know, to be able to do what I love. And this, month interestingly almost ironically that we're having this conversation today like this is the month that I'm going to launch my new website in two weeks and open my new store yeah. and flip yeah. my practice model and from that moment you know I really did go deep into asking myself what matters most and what mattered most to me was my kids you know mm -hmm. and I recognized that I had spent more than 15 years married to medicine absolutely married to functional medicine I love functional medicine. I adore my relationship with functional medicine. And I was picking up that how quickly my kids were moving too fast. You know, life was going too quick. These mm -hmm. dates, you know, were kind of flying by. And I decided that, you know, until the last one graduates, I want to go back into private practice. I want to find new ways to teach without having to be on airplanes all the time. I love to travel still, but you know, haven't been on an airplane once yet since the mm. pandemic. And I have a million miler at, Di at Diamond Delta for- Yes, I remember years, you showed right? me your million miler Delta suitcase. Forever, yes. right? Like it is, it's really fascinating, right? It's coming up mm. on two years. I haven't been on an airplane, right? I've um, mm. never been happier. I've never felt more soulfully connected. I um, completely rewrote my practice model and rewrote how I want to educate and connect with my patients because I feel like I, I'm, I'm walking their talk with more authenticity than ever before. I'm working out in the gym with them right outside my door. I'm going to class with them. I'm eating my meals with my patients, our gym members. You know, I'm, I'm in the trenches, you know, again, living the functional medicine lifestyle, you know, all the way through. And so I have to say, it has been a very, it's 25 years coming up this next spring. In six months, it's my 25 years since I graduated from medical school. And I can say, you know, 23 out of my 25 years were solidly functional medicine, right? So it's mm. like, I feel like I grew up inside of this amazing era where I had I no idea, like I had no idea that that was the forefront. And I always mm. felt, I love that you mentioned there was this intensity to me for my first 15 years in practice because I always thought I was behind. I always thought I was behind. <laughs> Don't we all feel that though? Right? I was like, everybody's <laughs> we always, we all feel that way. Everybody's yeah. read those studies. I didn't have time to do that yet, you know? And, and mm -hmm. when I think I lost my brother 
it was the time I got to integrate living the art, right, mm-hmm. of healthy living and prioritize my walk, my workout, my sleep, all the things I know all the science behind, mm-hmm. I implemented them all at a core personal level, and it radically changed my health for the better, obviously. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I mean, look, I think for all of us, that is the hardest challenge is we know the stuff, we talk it, but we don't always walk it. And we, many of us work those crazy hours and have that kind of commitment. And I think the hardest challenge is bringing it into our homes and our lives. And watching your journey over the last couple of years has been extraordinary. I mean, it's really been extraordinary. When I think of seeing you a couple of years ago and looking even just the way you look now, you're like a different person. I mean, it's a completely different connection and that kind of the authenticity of the lifestyle, you know, is is very different. So tell us what you're doing now. Tell us about, about this amazing environment that you've set up in Minnesota and your new life. Tell us about Merrick. Tell us about the gym. Tell yeah. us about like, even like the training you're doing. It, it's so totally oh, different. Know, it's so share. share. I'm going to talk and walk for a minute because I, uh, it's quiet in the gym and I just finished kickboxing and class is over with everybody. So what we ended up doing is I um, was going through the writing of this program that I called Shaking Your Tree. And so Shaking Your Tree came out of all this work I was doing with my brother. And what I was doing every day is really meditating hard, meditating, focusing on what mattered most to me. And in this process, I would just continue to let things go, let things go. I would tell the universe to like, get rid of stuff that I didn't need anymore. And like, people were leaving me, things were like firing me, all this stuff I would have never allowed myself to do. Places I would never have said no, or I'm overcommitted, or I don't want to do that anymore. Like all of a sudden, while I was doing this whole meditative experience, like all this stuff just went away. Right. And it was amazing. It was the stuff that no longer served me. I was past my time. There was no more growth in it for me. And in writing this program called Shaking Your Tree, it was all about the functional medicine tree and becoming the tree and imbibing those roots and living the roots and tending your soil and understanding when is it time to prune? When is it time to glean? Like, what do we need to do to truly transform our healthcare? And so in doing that, I got really clear with what I wanted in relationship. And I had realized that I always, at that point, I knew what I didn't want in personal relationship, but I did not yet know what I did want. And so I tasked myself to really create the list of what are the energies I'd want to bring into my life. Like if I'm going to partner again and try this again, what would be the list of strengths, criteria, virtues, values? Like what are the things I want to surround myself with and put in my biofield? Like what am I willing to live with, right? And so I made this list. And then I put it on dating apps and I started dating, which I had never done in 20 plus years. I never even knew the dating app experience. It was hilarious. And I'm like, there should be like a lifestyle nutrigenomic dating app, you know, like (laughs) as I'm going through this experience, I'm like having my million dollar ideas, right? Like we can do so much better than this people, right? Like we should be asking sleep cycles, you know? And so I had a blast going through this phase and I saw this profile about this gentleman was all his dogs. It was these beautiful dogs and his sailboats. And my brother always had big puffy dogs, big winter snow dogs. And my brother was a sailor. And I kept going back to and back to and back to and reading Merrick's profile over and over and over again. And I was kind of dating skater snowboarders, kind of more in my realm of the things I like to do. And I keep going back to this guy. And I'm like, I'm just going to reach out to him because like, I don't know, maybe 
I read his profile so many times that I finally sent him a message from China. The irony is I was in Beijing, China. And I sent him a message on the dating app and saying, look, we got to meet. I don't know why. I'm just, we should meet. I can't stop having this thing come back to tell me we should meet. So it wasn't like, hey, you want to chat? You want to go for coffee? You want to have dinner? I'm like, look, I just have to meet you and get it over. I don't know why, but we have to meet. No, I have no idea, but I just want to be done with this because it keeps coming back to me. It's like haunting me right at this point. So he agrees. It takes us a couple of weeks to see each other and meet. We both bring press pots and tea to the first date, which that's kind of a sign, right? I'm like, yeah, he's like, oh, well, here, this is my favorite lung tea from China. I'm like, oh, well, this is my favorite tea. I just brought this home from China, right? Very funny. And we start to talk. And in our field, there's this gentleman named Tom Blue. And Tom Blue yeah, has question. Tom. We I love Tom. Tom. We so love she, Tom. Don't you adore him? So Tom taught me to always ask the question, if time and money wasn't an option, what would you do different with your life? Mm-hmm. Right? And so I asked Merrick that question. And this is so weird. Like he did not even miss a beat. He looked right at me and he said, oh, well, I would go get my PhD in nutrigenomics. And I like looked at him and I was like, what did you just say? <laughs> like, seriously, Amazing. what did you just say? And, and then I look at him, I'm like, what do you do? And he's like, well, what do you do? And then I'm like, well, I'm a naturopath. And that's something that I do do. And I like, I do nutrigenomics. I, I, yeah. I do do nutrigenomics. And he's like, oh my gosh, I'm a personal trainer. I own a gym and he does nutrition. And it was hilarious. Like we started talking in that moment and we have not stopped talking for two and a half years. And so now this is our gym. And so we combined all of our resources. We have this big, awesome MMA training gym. And so we have this wonderful space. Uh, We're a big community hub. And then we built me a brand new clinic. Uh, We just built in a new sauna. We opened up entire new locker rooms. And then back through here, past the cage, you come in past the cage to get to the clinic, which is really fun. And um, basically, a lot of my patients now come into the gym. And a lot of the gym members have started to see me in my practice. And so basically what Merrick and I ended up doing is creating this whole new integrative center where we are literally living every day our fitness story, right? This is my amazing, awesome nurse, Becky, right here, who is not anticipating saying hi, Hi. but she she sends a lot of lab tests out the door for me and helps me with uh, all of my integration of data and so that is our whole new experience. And I love it, Christy. I love the time. Sadly, this is, you know, this is an audio podcast, but don't worry. I'm getting I want to, you see, to see it. You get I'm to getting see it. to see it. And I it's amazing. feel better walking around through there. Exactly. So, yeah, it's so like, for everyone who's listening, energy. it really is spectacular. I just got to see the, the tour. You're going to have to all go to visit. What, what is the name of the town? That is so there? we are in Mound. We're on the west side of Minneapolis area. We Mound. are right from the west of Lake Minnetonka, the kind of biggest lake in Minnesota. We are right over here. It's a beautiful location. Okay. And where can anyone find more information? Yep. By the time your podcast goes up, our website should be turned on finally. So we are doserbeats.com. I know it's been a a lot of commitment on my end. Spell it, Christy. (laughs) Spell it. D-O-C-E-R-E-B-I-T-A. Dosevere. Dosevere. Doservita, D-O-C-E-R-E-Vita, B-I-T-A. Doservita, you all know, means doctor to teach. All right. I cannot wait to come and visit this clinic. Okay, but listen, we're completely over time. I should know, like you and I, when we start talking, it's never, it's like never going to work. So we're going to finish with one last question because for all this time, we have been playing in this nutrigenomic space, you and I, and you have been 
so generous and kind, inviting me in, asking me to talk about nutrigenomics. You work with 3x4. Um, so tell me about your vision for nutrigenomics and how you value it and yeah. and what role it plays in, in the work that we do. And that will keep that as the last one. Otherwise, we right. will never finish this podcast. So I would say my introduction to nutrigenomics was when... Let me think, I'm going to just give you a timeline so I can look at my growth. So I'm going to say I graduated in 97. I probably ordered my first genomic test from Genova Detox. Genova, yeah. Right, in 2004-ish. So my brother, same brother, um, had this severe exposure to chemicals on the job. And within days, he had horrific lymphadenopathy. It triggered a severe anxiety panic episode for him that never went away, never went away. He basically had this exposure to herbicides, oh, pesticides, and insecticides in one summer in Portland, Oregon, working for an outdoor gardening company. And so he was a horticulturist. So my brother got wicked sick from this job experience, this chemical exposure. That year for Christmas, my mom ordered him a detox genomic panel. That's what he got for Christmas was his genetics. Awesome. That Love that. My first test. Okay, my very first test. Yeah. And so that now, you know, really reflecting back, I mean, we're talking like 17 years ago. And so yeah. that opened the storyline because from there I could see his methylation defects, his comp challenges, his glutathione issues. Like now going back in hindsight, there's so much to his story, which yeah. makes a lot more sense, right? He had this severe neurotoxicity experience, right? Mm -hmm. And he had the wrong propensity to be able to manage that very well. He has genes for inflammation. I mean, it is when we've looked at his list afterwards, his Lyme autoimmune pattern, et cetera, was heavily triggered by those exposures. Now, nutrigenomics changed my practice. It changed the way I could understand the stories of what my patients have been through. So I use 3X4 now on almost every single new patient. I would say comfortably 50 to 80% of every new patient every week. We see many people every day, um, they're getting their testing done. Um, I have old tests from patients that were done before with other companies. I want them redone because I want to be reading the 3X4 reports. So old patients, new patients, we're using them a lot. And here's what I find. When I'm looking at these nutrigenomic panels in connection to my functional medicine timeline, when I'm looking at that data with my patient's story, and I'm looking at how did we get here? what happened along the way. And I have that clinical insight sitting there that relates back to you know those potential impacts. I ask better questions. I dig into things that are more specifically related to where there may be susceptibilities. I find that nutrigenomics helps me order my tests more accurately. It helps yes. me figure out when do I assess um, and not overspend money. It helps me triangulate my labs with their family history um, so that I can decide like, do I really need to explore this? Oh, well, it's nowhere in the family tree. Do we really need to dig into it if there's no symptoms there? Probably not, right? And so I love that it helps make more sense out of somebody's family history. It helps their timeline have more meaning to it. And without a doubt, it guides, what am I going to do? And it helps me figure out where am I going to start? So after not having these tests for 23 years of practice and having a lot of nutrigenomic information in my life, I finally feel like I have my groove. I finally feel like I know where to start. I finally feel like I know how to tell the story. I over-educate, I over-tell, you know, I still have to work on my yeah. patient analogies, right? But patients love it. They love personalized yeah. care. They want to know more about themselves. So I use those as tools 
for them for self-empowerment and for us to be able to make sure we're looking under all the right rocks. Are we checking out all the right corners? And is there anything that we maybe wouldn't have thought of that we're going to dig deeper because it's a higher impact type of a pattern? So um, I would say it has not only made me a better doctor, it's made me more efficient. It's made me a lot more fun. I love to talk about it. <laughs> and my partner, Coach Merrick, will come in and we'll sit down together with athletes and with gym members and with patients, right? And we'll sit down together and we'll go through it. And it's so much fun because I'm always looking through this nutrition, chronic disease lens, and he's always coming at it through a body comp, fitness, movement, action. And we'll sit down and together we'll do the consults. Right. And I love hearing what he has to say about their activity and right. their fitness from the genetics as much as he's entertained by what I have to say. Right. So it's been a really great tool in our practice. We will not not use it. We will continue to use it and we will continue <laughs> to build programs around which kinds of patients we use it with. Wonderful. Well, I couldn't have said it better myself. And I look forward to you and I spending another decade working together and growing together. I have absolutely no doubt that you guys are going to build something magnificent. And I will come and visit when I'm over, which is very soon. I will be moving in three weeks, so I will be there very soon. I will definitely find my way there. But really, Christy, I, I just, yeah, thank you for everything. Thank you for sharing. I, I hadn't heard 80% of what you told us today. So it's been amazing to hear your story. And I have absolutely no doubt we're not even halfway with you. I can see that you're just warming up and we're going to be standing by and, and seeing some extraordinary stuff. So Dr. Christy Hughes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. And Dr. Yell, I cannot wait for you to be in kickboxing class with me because I want to see your left hook, hon. <laughs> you're kidding. <laughs> I'm an outdoor girl. I don't do power anyway, but I'll try anything. You know me. Try, I'll anything. try anything. It's kind of fun. I'll it's try new for me too. It's new. It's Absolutely. new. Fun. I'll play I'll with you anytime. Anything. Thank you for Absolutely. having me on. Pleasure. Bye bye, Christy. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Power of Genetics podcast, brought to you by 3x4 Genetics. For more episodes, please visit 3x4genetics.com/podcast. And if you are a licensed health practitioner who would like to apply to join our network of over 1,000 like-minded visionary practitioners, please visit 3x4genetics.com slash apply.